On this episode, we celebrate our veterans and dive back into the world of one of our favorite authors, Kate Quinn. This week, we're taking on the Huntress and, of course, some of our favorite unsung World War II heroes, the Night Witches. Strap on your flight gear and make sure you're ready to take to the air. If this one is still on your to-read list, we'd parachute on over to another episode. Welcome back to Page Rage. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Isn't that a song? Or am I just Welcome making back something up? Okay, there we go. I was like, With- am I just making this up? With John Travolta, that was his first I know. Novel. I don't know where that came from. That came from the recesses, the deep recesses <laughs> of my brain. Oh, that made me happy because I love John Travolta. <laughs> he was beautiful in that TV show. <laughs> he was beautiful. That hair, man. Great hair. I mean, I was in love with him. I mean, I'm still in love with him. He's my soulmate. But that Grease, Saturday Fever, I mean, come on. Face Off. I still dug him. I, I love Face him. Off. That's a very underrated movie, I think. It's like one of his better movies. And Nicolas Cage. He was I awesome, agree. too. I was actually out in, in New York City last night, and we were at this uh, bar, and they started playing like some throwback disco stuff, and then they got into a little bit of like some 50s swing and whatever. We went down a, a moment. The DJ was having a moment, and I was having it with them. Like I was <laughs> living my best life. There was a whole queen montage for like 12 minutes and I and then it led into this it just had me thinking how cool it would have been to like just have a to be a little fly on the wall in New York City when like disco was a thing or like the 50s you know marvelous Miss Maisel yeah just get to experience that and I say fly on the walls as a woman of color I wouldn't have been allowed in those places but it would have been cool to have seen it as a woman of the south I would not have been allowed (laughs) for my parents correct Like, even in general, we wouldn't be allowed in a lot of those places, but you know. Oh my God. To like live during that era with the, like the real 70s Sonny and Cher, get out of here. I would have died. Elton John at his finest. Come oh, on. I know. I know. It would have been cool to just experience it. Our our parents did not live to the fullest like they should have considering what was going on, but. My parents sure didn't. I really wish they had. They were married mine. with kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. Not my dad. But my mom was, so. But this is why Kat and I have made a list of the people we have to see before anything happens. And we've been knocking them off, so. Not we like have. we've been killing them, but we've been scratching them <laughs> off the list. To clarify, because we talked about a lot of murder on this podcast. <laughs> we've been doing a great job. I mean, COVID kind of shut a lot of things down. It but... kind of shut that down, but we, we'll get back to it. I have faith in us. We got this. But speaking of murder... <laughs> Let's get into our book this week. There's a lot of it in this. Seriously, <laughs> I'm telling you, I know how everybody talks about my my dad in the CIA. I would not be surprised if your mom was like some top secret assassin. Like nobody would be surprised by that either. So I sure wouldn't. Just taking people out left and right. Yeah, I, she would have led the night witches for sure. Mm-hmm. She's stone cold in a yeah. best way when she needs to be, and I love it. Love every Absolutely. minute of it. Who are the night witches? You ask. Well, The Hunters came out in late February of 2019, and the great historical fiction queen, Kate Quinn, introduces to the Night Witches, a Russian all-female night bombing regiment that steadily took on the Nazis during World War II. This story gives us the background of Nina Markova, who was a veteran of the Night Witches with hundreds of bombing runs under her belt, and Ian Graham, a British war correspondent turned Nazi hunter. They both begin working together to find the elusive Huntress. Insert 17-year-old Jordan McBride, an inspiring photographer who has become cautious of her new stepmother and a chase that spans the globe and five lives who will forever be intertwined. All right, Kat, what was your biggest love about this particular book? So I had no idea what night witches were. I've never heard of that. I didn't either. And then I read this 
And I looked it up and I, I thought that was the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. Russian badass women who bombed the shit out of the Nazis with the bomb ass name they were given. Come on. And they took that name from the Germans and made it their own. And I was obsessed from the start. They were doing 300 plus runs and the male fleet was only, I think they were doing, I want to say in the twenties. I thought that's what it was. Yeah. It it was when she was talking to, um, when she was talking to Ian and she had told him how many runs she had been a part of, because it's like tattooed on her foot. And he was just Mm -hmm. like in shock because he's like the British ones that he was privy to they did maybe a max of 20 runs so mm-hmm. he was uh, like, i'm I mean, sorry you did what those like you said those unsung heroes of world war ii i mean i wish they got a lot more recognition because those women were the epitome of badass what I, about you i agree i don't know why listen i understand that world war ii is very complex all of these world wars are any war is there's a lot of factors that go into play why in the world would we have never been taught about these women in any of our history classes growing up because this I, I don't even know what to say like this was is one of like just the coolest side sideline stories of you know a larger unit that was contributing to world war ii but i had never heard of this i had never even dreamed of this i just remember after the first time reading this just going down a rabbit hole like these are real they were real women and it was the coolest thing and all i can hope is that somehow in my twisted German Russian family history, we have some night witches in there because that I would probably cry. It would be a dream come true. But oh I love that. That'd be so cool. I would be so excited. So I would be very happy and proud. But it, it makes me happy and proud just to see these stories of women because one thing that has always driven me crazy is the fact that Yes, history is told by the victors. We all know this, mm-hmm. but World War II is especially whitewashed. And all we ever really hear about oh, yeah. is, you know, what the white males in the war did. And I have family on both sides of that. I mean, I have family who was across the board involved in World War II, whether they were white or they were black. So I love hearing stories of, you know, the the Native American wind talkers and what women did to contribute to the war outside of just being nurses and that there were more people contributing to this win than just, you know, the war heroes that get trotted out um, the same ones over and over. And not that they aren't important, but there were so many more people that were contributing to what was going on. So I love that Kate Quinn has really kind of like taken on this mantle and has really been working very hard to highlight some of these stories that we didn't know existed. And I love so much more for Yeah, if you think about it, there's so many facets that are so unmentioned in World War Two. And it's a, a literal world war, the yep. whole world was in on this. So you never hear about the Russians, or I'm going to shout out my people down south in Greece and the Spartans. <laughs> I've never been more proud than hearing those stories. But you're right, they only stick to the ones that get made into the history books where who they want in there and who they don't. Hearing about the night witches in Russia, these women and Marina, who she actually was the first woman to do all those flights. I was so impressed. I wish I had studied history better in school, to be honest with you. It wasn't, it, but it wasn't you because I was obsessed with history. So it had nothing, to, it wasn't that we didn't study enough. It was that we weren't taught these things. Unless you randomly went down a rabbit hole I don't think we would have easily found this. In like old school encyclopedias, because we didn't have the internet back then. I know, right? <laughs> we, we didn't have, have Google, this. really, until college, kind of. So, <laughs> you know, we didn't have this at our fingertips. Also, we know that they're not going to glorify Russia and U.S. history books. But I feel like since they were our allies in World War II, we should at least talk about them mm-hmm. a little bit more positively in that aspect, because this is dope. And this mm-hmm. definitely helped. Don't tell me that these Nightwitches didn't 
accomplish something because they absolutely did. One thing else I loved about the book is the way Kate Quinn made the effortless love scenes between Nina and Yelena and then Nina and Ian, how she made the sexual fluidity so wonderfully done, especially way back in the 40s when that was a very big no-no. I mean, I just love everything she writes, but I just really noticed that. And at the end, I was like, wow, she made that fluid in the best ways. What'd you think? No, I agree. And I, I think we're talking a lot about unsung heroes and, and stories that aren't really told. And the LGBTQ community obviously was a large part of this war effort as well. And I think it's important that stories like this are also told. Um, and I know she even touched on some of it in the, the Rose Code as well. Um, and how there were heroes who were, you know, really mistreated because it came out afterwards that they loved another man or whatever it, it may have been. So I think these stories are just as important as everything else. And it's important to see how people of all different backgrounds and, you know, storylines and whatever else contributed to this because it wasn't just the one type of person that we've been made to think it was. So I loved it. Yeah, One type of love. It was Mm -hmm. all kinds of love and it's always been for hundreds of years. It's never been not a thing. Correct. I also really did love the way she tied in um, some of the mythology. I know we've been talking a lot about Baba Yaga and all these different things. Love that. Shout out to the Avrovs. Um, <laughs> but I even thought it was interesting when Jordan was talking to Anna in Boston and they were talking about Anna's nightmares after Jordan's father had had that accident and passed away. And they were talking about the Selkies and the, I want to say Rasalkas and just the basically sirens of different cultures and how the farther Mm -hmm. east you go like the bloodier it gets we all know that her nightmare was actually nina um and it's definitely foreshadowing for the end and and what plays out there but i really did like how they title that in there was also a lot of similarities for me especially in the beginning between nina and the bear and the nightingale like just Mm -hmm. the fact that they're just in like siberia in this little tiny village with all these like creepy happenings and all that and just all the russian mythology behind it i really enjoyed that Maybe it's my roots calling to me. I don't know. I mean, I remember because I'm not that well versed in Russian mythology, although I wish I should be. In American Gods, when I got introduced to some of their gods, the bloodiness and the brutality they have going on is quite impressive. I wish I need to dive more into Russian mythology because that's definitely something that we could go with. Yeah, I'm just, you know, borderline because my where my family's from just kept going between Russia, German, Russia, German. So, you know, I just encapsulate both. But they're both very bloody and murderous. And <laughs> I hope you're related distantly to Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. I mean, nobody would be surprised. So. <laughs> I'm here for it. Fingers crossed. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> Night witches and Baba Yaga. If I got something like that in my bloodline, I, I'm I'm a happy camper. So Set for life, I'm telling Set you. Set for life. Which history, ancestry line established? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all here for it. We would be the most powerful people in the world. Yes. We would. All right. Well, out of the different storylines that are happening in this book, so obviously we go back and forth, not only between time periods where we're jumping between active war to, you know, the 1950s. We're also jumping between characters and different character views. Was there any view or any time period that you really were captivated by? Obviously, Nina and the Night Witches was phenomenal because I'm learning so many new things and educating on stuff that I wish I had learned way back in the day. And who doesn't want to learn about an all-women Russian bombing regiment? I also really enjoyed Jordan's storyline. I want to give her a shout out 
because it wasn't as big as Nina, obviously. I really did enjoy seeing the struggle of a 17-year-old girl back in the 50s trying to make her way and really following her mind and her heart in such a tough time to do that as a young woman. What about you? Yeah, agreed. At, At first, I was trying to understand like where we were going with Nina. So I don't know in the beginning if there was one storyline I was particularly drawn to because obviously they all start out, you know, a little bit slower as you're setting the back the backstory and all that. It was more so just trying to figure out how they were going to come together and where we were going. I'll definitely say once we got into the meat of the characters though, obviously Nina's storyline is insane, but I really did also enjoy Jordan's storyline and her trying to figure out and the reader trying to figure out is Anna the huntress and you're getting this different perspective of Anna as well, especially as you're kind of leading to the ultimate initial meeting of Nina and the Huntress, you know, in her flashback. So it was just a really interesting back and forth. And I know sometimes we always say we prefer like one view over the other or one storyline over the other. But in this, I I liked all three because they were all bringing a different view of it. And the characters were different in each of them because it was a different period of time. So I, I enjoyed all three and just really loved how uh, Kate Quinn brought them all together. I would say, I think the one that kept me least engaging was probably Ian. I wasn't as connected with Ian as I wanted to. I actually more liked Tony, obviously, who was more likable. He was the more likable character. The British correspondence and that whole thing, I just couldn't connect with that because I know what happened with the parachute and he got stuck Mm -hmm. and he saw that man die. And I know that is (laughs) beyond traumatic. But in my head, I kept referencing him versus... Nina or what else was going on. And it's hard for me to feel as much sympathy for him as I could for Nina, who was coming from an abused father, ran away by herself, joined this regiment, was seeing people die, you know, on a regular basis. It's hard for me to sympathize. That was probably the one that I didn't connect with as much. I did love me some Tony. He was definitely the saving grace for Ian, in my opinion. (laughs) I think I felt for Ian more because of the fact that we have been to Normandy and we have literally stood in that little tiny village where the American troops parachuted in and a lot of them were gunned down and stuck in trees. And like we stood there and we saw it and we heard the stories and we stood in those bomb craters and it just feels more real for me because we've actually seen it. Not that it hasn't been real, but it's different when you're actually there and you're seeing where these things happen. And you can still see the effects all these years later of this war. And I think Ian is dealing with that. The same thing that you just said, I think he struggles with that throughout this book where he's like, I was not an active participant. I was not a soldier. Mm -hmm. I was not the one putting my life on the line for my country. But his importance was that he was putting his life on the line to make sure that the stories of those people who were, were not forgotten. And I think that's just as important. But I think he struggled with exactly what you said. Like, why would I have sympathy for myself when I wasn't fighting, but he was literally storming the beaches of Normandy. He was parachuting out of, he was living Mm -hmm. the experiences of each and every one of these soldiers. He just had a different, a different reason, but I can understand not connecting with him. I think it's also harder to connect with male characters in a book where there's so many strong female leads. I think that's also hard, but maybe that could just be me. The only time he really caught me is when he had that moment with his brother, Sebastian, and Sebastian came out as gay, and he really connected with his brother on that and was there for him and was a was a rock for him. That I loved. Well, obviously, throughout this whole story, the Night Witches flying, I mean, it, it's all mentioned continuously. 
Um, there's jokes about broomsticks. Like, I don't care what I have to fly on. Just get me on something and, you know, let me help or let me do something. Let me do my part. What do you think flying represented to Nina? I feel like it represented freedom a thousand percent. She was stuck in that tiny Siberian little village with her dad and he tried also, to drown her. <laughs> I always picture your man when they're talking about her dad. Like, what is his name? You're the guy you're obsessed with from Stranger Things. David um, Harbour. But the way he looks in uh, Black Widow, that's how that's who I'm picturing as her dad in this. It's like, you don't fully hate him. You kind of like him, but he's also cr- crazy and trying to kill her. But that's who I see him in that character, just grizzled and crazy and, you know, popping out of his it. skinny little uniform. <laughs> like, that's who I see. I love him so much. I mean, to be fair, Russia's a whole different ball game. They do some crazy mm-hmm. shit over there with their raising tactics. So in my head, I was like, maybe drowning is like a part of the thing. Like, that's what y'all just do over there. I don't know. When she saw that pilot land in her little town, I think that represented freedom and for her getting out of there and away from her father. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, all the great literary works, you know, by women, especially women who are trying to discuss feminism or women breaking free of like the constraints of society, like Kate Chopin's The Awakening and oh my God, so many others. There's always the symbolism of taking flight and getting out of your cage. You're not, you're no longer a songbird. Like you're able to fly, getting those wings and being able to fly and be released from whatever constraints you have. So I agree 100%. It was just, I think those were some of my favorite passages or at least some of the ones I highlighted the most on my iPad when I was reading were when Nina was talking about she's in that cockpit and she doesn't even have legs and arms anymore. She's just an extension of the plane. And I just, I love that. I love people feeling so connected with what they're doing in that moment that it's, they just know they're in the right place at the right time. Like this is what they were meant to be doing. I loved it. That was a really, that was really beautiful. <laughs> I'm moved. <laughs> I am moved currently. Thank you. I'm not gonna lie this book makes me tear up and there's so many moments of the connection that the women have you know in this unit and how connected they are to each other and just finding your people and especially at that time I loved when Nina first came into the regiment and she's looking around and you're seeing all these different types of women a lot of them came from very affluent, well, as affluent as you were allowed to be in Russia mm-hmm. at that time, upbringings and, you know, had their blonde curls and whatever else. But she's like, but something connected us. She's, I loved that feeling of sisterhood. I, I loved everything about it. I think that's what made the love connection between her and Yelena so simple and so easy and so natural is because of the connection between all of them. And I don't think any of them even really cared. They were all just kind of that's it just evolves so naturally with them. And I think the way Kate Quinn made that into the story was absolutely beautiful. I agree. And there was no issues. There was no outside society. It was just them and mm-hmm. how they had to live and how they had to get through it. And it just evolved so beautifully. And I loved seeing how close they were compared to some of the other units they were around, just the bond they had. Even when her commander let her go and was like, oh, I think, you know, you need to keep my navigator on the ground today and all that. Like they were saying so many things like in an unspoken way. And that send off was beautiful that Mm -hmm. they did for her. And again, tearing was tearing up Mm -hmm. during this because I love that. And I love the women supporting women, my favorite thing, but I love it. And that's really what it was. It wasn't catty. We didn't see catty fighting. Of course, there were little bars where they're like, damn it, I want that job and whatever else. But it was like truly a support unit. And that's what I loved about it. It was a real sisterhood. What did you think of Ian and Nina (laughs) switching up? I 
Oh my God. Nina, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Ian is a brave man, right? Like he, he is a brave man. I think one of my favorite scenes with the two of them was when they were on the cruise ship and they had like their first love scene. And he was like, I know better than to take an armed woman to bed. <laughs> He's just like trying to like take all her weapons off of her. I was just cracking up. Like it was, it was so good. They are so polar opposite, but I love that they were able to kind of connect on a, I don't want to say on a trauma level, but that's really what it was. They were able to bond over that war and over who they were because of it. And it was the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think that's the most important kind of love is accepting each other for who you are in every facet, um, not just the sparkly, Mm -hmm. pretty first date, honeymoon phase. It's like, the nitty gritty stuff when you want to strangle each other and whatever, but you're still working through it or you just hate or really dislike a part of that person. But you know, you're still working through it because that's that's who they are. And I think we saw that. He's smart. He knew how to handle her on quite many levels. And I will give him that. I remember thinking, I was it's like, I've had, I, is that what I'm looking for? I need to find an Ian for my night, my inner night wish. <laughs> is that what I need? Because <laughs> he was so level-headed and mm-hmm. she was a firework at all times. She sure was. Even with Nina, though. So it wasn't all just Ian. So in the beginning, when they were still in Austria and they went to that amusement park and they were forcing Ian onto the, mm-hmm. that Ferris wheel and her whole little spiel about how she only believes you should have one fear. And she's like, so I'll sit here however long you need me to. But like, why don't we, why don't we kill a fear today? I just loved how she, how she laid that out. And how she said that, even though Ian was like, that's going to be a no for me, dog. But like, <laughs> I loved it. And I, I do think in that way, though, they balance each other out because it was good. It is good to confront your fears and to be like, why are you even scared of this in the first place? So I think they, I do think they balance each other out as crazy as that may seem. I also thought she balanced out with Yelena as well, but I mm-hmm. do prefer the Ian. I also like their banter. I, <laughs> I really enjoyed their enjoy like, back and forth, <laughs> their bickering. I really like that. When they were in the Huntress's mom's house and she's up in the attic and he's like... <laughs> I just love that he like, took my eye off her for two seconds and you just see her disappearing <laughs> into the window. And it's like, God damn it. So, so serious. He sees her legs going. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I could see that in mm-hmm. my head. Like, I could visually play that in my head of that happening. It was great. And then when he, she got out, he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's fine. It's no problem. Oh, I love that. They worked so well together. They, they definitely did. All right. Well, Let's get into one of the biggest characters, obviously the one that this entire book was named after, Annalise, the Huntress. I think what was interesting about the way Kate Quinn portrayed Annalise in this is that we got to see her from the perspective of who she was in the war and also who she was now. And we got to see her eye, her through the eyes of Jordan as she's kind of coming to terms with her and seeing her as somebody who's encouraging her to be her own woman and calling her out when she was like clearly not in love with Garrett and was like, please don't fool yourself. Like, what do you want to do? And actually like pushed her on this journey towards becoming her own woman. But then we're flashing back and we're seeing her as the huntress who did horrible, detestable things and was obviously a huge proponent of the Nazi party and just part of the whole machine. I mean, how did you feel about Annalise? Cause it was very conflicting throughout the book, the, especially reading it the second time, the emotions 
I had. I think the first time I didn't fully trust anybody because you didn't know where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. But the second reread, knowing who how it was going to go, I just tried to like really let myself feel what Kate wanted us to feel as we're going through it. I call her Kate because we're besties. But yeah, it was it was it was hard coming to terms with her as that person because I'm seeing so much of the good she did as well. This is just who I am as a person. <laughs> I can't let go of the vile things she did. Mm-hmm. So she pushed a girl into pursuing her dreams. Cool. You also shot some kids. So I can't get over that hurdle. And that's me as a person. I liked how Kate did make her less one dimensional, how she had a whole different dimension with Ruth and giving up at the end and not fighting and not going down guns blazing and just accepting that was her fate. And I think she softened in her older age is kind of what I think happened is what most of us do. You kind Mm -hmm. of soften up. So as much as I appreciate what Kate Quinn did, I am not forgiving her for shooting some kids. Oh no, I'm not forgiving her. (laughs) She's a detestable human being. She's a terrible person. It's just, you don't know who that, you don't know her as that person when you're learning all these things that Jordan Mm -hmm. is experiencing with her. So it's just, it's hard to merge the two together. Of mm-hmm. How can you be this woman who's like empowering your stepdaughter to do these things you did not really do or see in the 1950s? How can you be that person and then also be this like propaganda and the Nazi machine? You know, like that is insane to me that somebody could literally just separate those two parts of themselves and be totally fine with it. I think it goes back to that saying, not everybody is all bad and not everybody is all good. Like there's still some good and bad people and there's still some bad and good people. I think it's just that very true saying where she's, she's a terrible person, but she's not a complete, there is a little bit of good in her and even Nina is a good person, but there's still some bad in her kind of thing. There's not one that's just completely a thousand percent a good person. And I think that's where it gets from is, okay, you did something good at the end. Does not erase all the shitty things you did in the beginning. (laughs) But I appreciate you pushing a young woman to be better. I kind of wish she had gone out in a blaze of glory. I, I almost think I get that the whole point was they really wanted her to be tried and they wanted her to be known for like the vile things that she did. But simultaneously I think it was big of Nina and obviously we saw character growth in Nina for the way things shook out but I just think for who the Huntress was and who Nina was I think I would have preferred a, a Blaze Flory ending but I thought there was gonna be a legit fight scene yes, Nina. yes. I mean, like, that's legit what I mean slap fight or something I don't well, know Nina just comes a night witch again just drops a bomb on her like just something like, like I don't know I needed something else. But I think to the point of the conflicting personality that we saw with Annalise and as her as Anna and her as a huntress, it's like, I think Kate Quinn did a very good job of showing what that fallout was like after because obviously, the ramifications gained a lot more importance as the years went on. And mm-hmm. I think it, you, it kind of sunk in like what they actually did. But I, I think she also did a very good job of showing that despite what happened to the Jewish people during the Holocaust, the way that America was treating a lot of these refugees even then was just as shitty as what we do to immigrants now. It was just a very interesting view. It it wasn't the rose-colored glasses view of we're necessarily always like, you know, Captain America and all these things. It's showing the good, bad, and the ugly of 
how we dealt with this at the same time. I mean, we say bring bring your tired, your poor, your hungry. And we're like, just kidding, not those. Just kidding. Not those. Not you. <laughs> we're just kidding. Yeah. Not you. Select countries, yeah. but not, yeah. not the others. That's a whole different topic. I know. It, it gets on my damn nerves. I know. <laughs> it always gets on my nerves. I was like, for a country built on immigration, <laughs> we are hypocrites. We are. <laughs> so we both wanted Nina to like pop out of the water, go full Rosalka. I really wanted that. I thought there was going to be more bloodshed. I'm not going to lie. I was really hoping. But did you think it was interesting that Anna's biggest fear is where Nina found her greatest strength? I do. But also simultaneously, it was interesting that Nina was also terrified of the water. And yet, as as you're reading, or at least during the second reread, as you're, as you're hearing about Anna's nightmare of this Rusalka coming out of the water, like I said, you know it's Nina. But Nina is just absolutely terrified of the water. So it's it's kind of ironic. It is extremely ironic. As we saw Nina almost paralyzed. Actually, she was paralyzed with fear when she was flying mm-hmm. out low over the water mm-hmm. um, during her night witch days. And then just seeing how everything shook out. I think that's extremely ironic that that's where I finally got to the Huntress. But what about you? I think that was a good way for her to beat her fear. Like how she took Ian up on the Ferris wheel to like help him with his heights. She took on under the water to mm-hmm. help out. We're going to kill a fear today. <laughs> yeah. She, we're going to kill a fear today and kill that fear. She did. She mm-hmm. busted out of that water. Like she owned it. I loved the full circle. It came. Was there anything you didn't like is my question, which is hard. Cause we love Kate Quinn. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think because I really did enjoy this book. I had read The Alice Network first, which I did enjoy, but not to the level of this book. This was one of the, this was the book that I read. I've read a lot of Kate, I've read read everything by Kate Quinn, actually. And this was the first book that I read where I was just like, whoa, like that was an incredible book. Alice Network was good, but this was Mm -hmm. incredible. I I can't say that there was anything I, I really disliked about it I want more of it (laughs) I want more of it you know I definitely could still go for like more backstories things like that um I think she did a I think she did a great job with it I don't really think I have anything what about you I think what I wish would have been added is some kind of pardon from Russia for her Mm. a kind of moment where she was able to go back to Russia and maybe see some people from her regiment I would have loved to see that kind of reuniting I think that's the only thing I loved the night witches I was obsessed i fell down Mm -hmm. that rabbit hole real hard but i think i wish russia would have given a little bit of a pardon a russian thing where her dad completely denounced and then she had to peace out Mm -hmm. because she was gonna get it i thought that was bullshit (laughs) i completely agree that was beyond i was was extremely angry at mother russia at that moment Um, i was was like i don't understand how you see this and you Mm -hmm. you you get something completely different out Mm -hmm. of of that but she hated russia at the end of the day Mm -hmm. she didn't want to be there she got yeah. nothing from it except her night witches, but she didn't want to go back. So I think it was fitting that she didn't. I wanted her to have some kind of recognition for being mm-hmm. that badass and having that many runs. And like you said, she's literally getting punished for the sins of her father. In literally. <laughs> literally. And I hated that, which I get it. It's way to boot her out of Russia. But I wish at the end she would have had some kind of ran into one of them somewhere. That would have been enough for me. Other than that. I, I loved the book. I gave it like 4.5 stars. Yep. Again, no Same. 0.5 because Goodreads can't get it together. Rose Code was still my favorite. This is Absolutely. second. And then Alice Network for sure. 
Yep. I can't wait for Diamond Eye. We'll see where that one falls. Oh my God. I'm so, so excited. excited for Diamond Eye. Oh. Like I cannot wait. Love it. Who would you cast? And if this gets put to screen, who would you cast in some of these roles? Well, we already know who her father would be. So already, <laughs> already given my casting for that. I think for like the Huntress, I'm going to go with like a Rosamund Pike or she was in Gone Girl mm-hmm. or like a Jemima Kirk. From, um, I mean, she was in Girls, but then most recently she was in Sex Education. She was the principal mm. who like turned into a Nazi-like leader. And I was like, how fitting this would be for you. After seeing her in that role, I was like, this could be interesting for you. I kind of I kind of like that um, as the Huntress. I think those are the only two I have so far. You know who I see as the Huntress? Just because she's like <laughs> crazy versatile. Hmm. Uh, Kate Blanchett. I could see. Oh, I mean, yeah, Absolutely. She'd kill it. I, I mean, one of the most versatile yeah, actresses I've ever seen in my could life. Could do that stone cold, like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she could. She could definitely do that as well. Nina, I want like somebody straight Russian. Like, get somebody from the village. Yeah, it's gonna have to be. It's gonna have to be somebody. That's good. what I want. That's what I want. That'd be a good movie. I really hope somebody. I that up. I can see. I'm seeing this. I play it as a movie in my head as I'm reading it. As much as I want the Rose Code to be a movie, I want this one to be a movie first. <laughs> like this one, I really want to see. I want everybody. I want the world to be obsessed with the Night Witches, like we are. Exactly. They deserve it. Yeah. Biggest Night Witch fan club right here. Obsessed. Yep. Just like in our coven. Yeah. <laughs> our coven will be the number one fan club for the Night Witches. <laughs> We are the fly girls after all. So it goes hand in hand. All in all, highly recommend this book. Obviously, Kate Quinn does no wrong in our eyes. Mm -hmm. But this one, gold stars all around. Please check it out. Are there any other book recos that you think would be a good highlight for the Veterans Day vibe? I wish everybody could see the little dance that you just did. (laughs) That was great. Well, you know, I've I've read quite a bit about war events. My dad, as we all know, is obsessed with World War II. We have two books that him and I are currently reading together. So hopefully we'll be able to update you guys on those at some point. I'm very behind. He's already read one of them. So I gotta, I gotta get it. I gotta get on that. I can um, get in this book club with Papa Hill is what I need to do. Yeah, you do. I mean, maybe that'll be a thing. So I'll let you know. <laughs> but I would say that the one that I'm definitely going to bubble up here. So this was another four star read for me. It's actually called Ribbons of Scarlet. And it's an anthology piece. Kate Quinn is actually one of the authors in it. But I actually got this as an arc at one of the last book cons I went to. So that was, you know, that was nice. <laughs> I think it was the one in 2019 RIP BookCon. But this one was published in October of 2019. And basically it highlights the women of the French Revolution. So like I said, it's written by several authors, including Kate Quinn, Stephanie Dre, and Heather Webb. Um, and basically we're just taken through different aspects of the French Revolution from the view of six completely different women. And so these are women that are anywhere from like peasants to aristocrats. Some are literal siblings of the royalty. And some are, again, just peasants like trying to make it by in the streets. Each of these were either someone who played a key role or was close to somebody keeps playing a key role. So we can just see all the events unfolding. It was super thought provoking. There's definitely a couple stories that killed me, like literally crushed me to my core, especially knowing that they were real. Um, And based on like diaries of these women who'd been held in jail, things like that. But I loved it. I loved reading this. I love this whole moment that we're having where we're getting these untold stories and we're getting historical perspectives from 
women who were there. And yeah, some of them aren't necessarily based on one person. Some of them are, you know, combinations of a few, but I just think they're really important. It's just the ways women play such a big role in all the changing tides of history. And it's often overlooked. And so if you're a fan of historical fiction, especially regarding the French Revolution, definitely would pick this one up. But warning there there are some stories that will just gut you to your core i added it to my two reads list while you were very good i was like and i'm gonna add it what about you pat mine is called the book of lost names by kristen harmel it came out in july 2020 and it begins with eva traub a semi-retired librarian in florida because that's where everybody goes to retire is here she notices an article with the book of lost names which is a book she has not seen for well over six years we flashback to Nazi-occupied Paris, where a young Eva, who is a Polish Jew, is fleeing with her mother after her father's arrest. She arrives in a little secluded town in southern France, dubbed the Free Zone, and begins to forge identity documents for Jewish children to get them into the neutral Switzerland as a kind of giant FU to the Nazi party. And she does it with a mysterious partner named Remy. And it begins a love story in the middle of the ugliness of the war. It's been quite some time since I read a book based in the Jewish perspective of World War II. So it was nice to dive into that again. I mean, just talking about it still gives me chills. It still like breaks my heart into a thousand pieces. This book did a, it did an amazing job of having you fall into the plot when Eva's doing her identity forging and she's in tiny little church in the in the middle of nowhere in this little France town. I was so nervous the whole time somebody was going to come in behind her. Harmel just did a great job of making you so nervous of where she's going, if she's going to get caught, if it's going to be captured, if it's going to be raided. If so, I thought she did a really good job. It also gave you a really nice glimpse of the good in humanity in such a ugly time of our history. And there were a lot of glimpses of beautiful moments from a human to human contact that aren't as hyped on because World War II was such an ugly war. So I highly suggest this. I rated it four stars on Goodreads. And it really just brought me back into the moment. It reminded me, you remember when we had to read Anne Frank in middle Mm -hmm. school? I mean, that same thing. She was like, at the end of the day, I believe people are still good. It you really get that sense in this book. That kills me. I think it's important that we read these stories and that Mm -hmm. these kinds of voices are given this platform and that we don't forget. Because I think if we've seen anything over the past couple of years, it's that history absolutely repeats itself. And if we forget what has happened in the past or we forget the ramifications of what has happened in the past, we're just setting ourselves up for these sorts of things to just continue. I know as a human being, I never want to see anything like this ever again. So I think it's super important, you know, for us to talk about these and for us to read. It's so hard to read these. But every time I I find myself trying to shy away from a book like this, I'm like, but think about the people who had to live it. It's important that we read those words. It's hard and it breaks your heart. And it just, it's something that it just stays with you, you know, and, and just the fact that it's real people who had to go through this at the hands of other humans crushes me. Absolutely. I couldn't say it better. I really couldn't. I'm not as eloquent as you, (laughs) but you did an amazing job. This book really showed, it highlighted the Jewish community and the dignity they kept during that, oh my God, terrible time they went through. When her father in his like Sunday best came out full stand straight backed, head up, chin up. And just in that moment, the dignity I felt for him 
blew me away. And she just wrote it in that couple of paragraphs. It was, it was beautiful. And you're right. Like, and it is hard to read, but it is something we need to keep educated on. So does not happen again. Well, it's, it's definitely on my uh, cart of books to read. So it's getting closer to the top. We have quite a lot to get through, but I'm excited to read it. My two read pile is ridiculous right now. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Not it's lie. overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Yeah, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm literally buried in books. So <laughs> my library keeps telling me I have things that are popping up. Yep. I'm like, deliver later, man. Yep. I need you to deliver later. I got four in queue right now. I'm trying to finish. <laughs> the beauty and the struggle of being a bookworm <laughs> and having a podcast. All in all, any of these books would be a marvelous addition to your two reads pile. Even if it is overwhelming, please add them. At the end of the day, though, you know, this episode is celebrating veterans. And I know that we highlighted some of our favorite, you know, fictional veterans and just different books that took place during war times. But we do want to say that, you know, from Page Rage Podcast, thank you to all those who have served. We appreciate your service. We know that it's not easy that not everybody has come back from war and that not everybody is as lucky to be able to tell their loved ones, you know, thank you for your service or happy veteran. Mm -hmm. But Please know that um, Page Rage 100% supports our veterans. Uh, we love you and thank you for allowing us the freedom to sit here and bitch about books all day. We appreciate it. We wouldn't be us without you. But at any rate, we want to hear from you. Did you love the Huntress as much as we did? Do you have anything to add to our gigantic to read pile? Email us at hello at pageragepodcast.com or DM us on Insta at pageage underscore podcast. And of course, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast network. Bye girls out. Bye.